Welcome to the Control Alt Azure podcast. I'm Josip. And I'm Tobias. Join us for a journey in the cloud. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Azure. I am here in sunny Sweden with Yusuf who's in Finland. How do you do? Hey, Toby, glad you mentioned the sunny Sweden. It is snowing in Helsinki. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is this is what, uh, almost mid-May now. So we never usually have snow in May. It typically melts away in, in April. So we've got snow. I'm locked indoors, not planning to go out before the weekend, hopefully. Uh, but what I've been up to lately, last week, uh, I attended school. So I do school on the side and I've still got about eight months to go. And because of the coronavirus situation, uh, the school figured out that we need to do all of the lectures virtually, so remotely. They chose to use Zoom as the platform, which I think is is quite nice because you get to see like 20 people video screens at the same time. And it was three days. So eight, hour, eight hours a day, three days in a row. I did survive that. I think I deserve a medal or something. So that's a long that's, meeting. It's a super long meeting and you have the video on the whole time. So 24 hours on video, it's quite taxing. So I took the weekend to just recover from that, but now I'm fresh. So how about for you? All right, that sounds good. Uh, so I was out walking by, uh, by the sea here and I noticed someone kind of walking on water, looked like um, maybe 50 meters, 100 meters out. So not too easy to see what was going on, but I know the depth there is at least two meters. And I can see someone just standing what looks like on a surfing board, but it's moving in about 40 to 50 kilometers per hour. And then I see when he, he closes in by the shore, I can kind of see a logo on that thing. And I, I Google it and I find out that there's a company who is based, I believe, in Malmo or outside of Malmo, where I'm from uh, and where I reside, that does jetpack surfing boards that go up to 50 kilometers per hour. I don't know what miles per hour that is, but it's pretty fast. I need to get one. I, I haven't even seen this, but it sounds so awesome. Is, I need to get one. It's amazing because in the past I've seen these where you have this tube connected underneath and you can kind of, you know, do things, yeah. but then you have to have a jet ski or a boat nearby. This is an electrical powered surfing board where you have a jet engine inside of it and a huge battery also inside of it. So it looks like a normal board, a little bit thicker, of course. And then you have a remote control in your hand. So it's, like these, you see these electrical skateboards, people go around, but on water. And it was fast. So I looked it up. The battery time is about 25 minutes, so not too long. But for a jetpack yeah. in water, I don't know. I'm going to get one. I don't know what the, what the price is, but I'm, I'm going to make sure I can get one. That so, was awesome. So once you get that one, hopefully this summer, I recently got a jet ski, the, the classic traditional Ooh, ones. We can race. Yes. So I haven't tried that out yet because I've got a problem with the insurance companies giving me insurance on those. So once I get that done, what we can do, I'll start heading towards Sweden. You start heading towards Finland. We meet in the middle 
and, yeah, and then we're gonna we, we might meet closer to me than in the middle because my battery will last about 25 minutes and then it takes a pro probably 24 hours to charge <laughs> oh yeah so perhaps pack some food as well so you you get yeah. there on time yeah water hiking Alrighty, so on today's episodes, uh, we figured a bit that, that we'd talk about something we actually built. So oftentimes in these episodes, we perhaps have a look at the certain Azure service. So today, uh, we decided that we'll talk how we turned one of our usual coffee calls, which is the sort of a predecessor to this podcast, how we turn one of those coffee calls into a website analytics solution that runs on Azure. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. Um, you know, we, we talked in the past and we actually talk a lot about this because we have blogs and we have blog analytics and we have different tools to measure this. One thing that kept coming up kind of all the time is we use Google Analytics, we use other things, um, but sometimes people have ad blockers or you know, other type of software that could um, kind of not show you the real statistics that's, uh, of what's going on. So that's kind of the, what started that, I guess. We talked about how do you run analytics? How true are your analytics? Because when I compared my Google Analytics versus the requests in Cloudflare, it's wildly different because a lot of people have ad blockers. So you kind of went ahead from the dialogue we had and you actually built something, didn't you? Yeah, and and when we had that chat initially, I did a bit of Googling. So I had my Google Analytics open. I went through the dashboard. I haven't customized that at all. So what I'm most interested about is what sort of content people find useful in my blog. And I have these uh, usual suspects, uh, certain blog articles that I've authored maybe a year ago and people keep finding them now, perhaps by using Google to find more information about the topic. And I found this article from uh, the people at 37 Signals. I'm never sure if it's still 37 Signals or Basecamp nowadays. And they uh, wrote an opinion piece on how they wanted to get rid of Google Analytics because they felt they don't want to give as much data to Google and they built something in-house, which I would imagine is quite sophisticated. And that often triggers me in uh, the thinking that, well, if those guys were able to build something sophisticated, perhaps me with my super limited two hours an evening when the kids go to bed, I could build something that's less sophisticated, but at least I could build it. Yeah. And so the reasons for doing that is apart from being blocked by various ad blockers if you use google analytics it's exactly what you mentioned here it's about how much data uh, are they actually tracking of you and this kind of custom solution that we talked about doesn't really track that much and you can kind of tune it to what it's supposed to track it's tracking more requests and user agents if i, if I understand that correctly so um you know, if we, if we were to dwell into that, this kind of is based on the, the one pixel image model, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the depth and essence of my understanding of, of web-based marketing. We need to have this one-by-one -one image uh, a tracking pixel, as it's often called. And that needs to be loaded on every page on your website. And in, in this instance, every page of your blog needs to have this image uh, included so that when people read your content that you're pushing out by seeing what sort of traffic uh, your pixel 
is getting, then based on those logs, you can then build out your own analytics and statistics. And this, in a nutshell, is kind of what, what Google Analytics is doing, but they actually embed a custom JavaScript. But I wanted to build something simpler that would be less invasive as well. So if somebody wants to block ads, that's fine, because I block them quite a bit myself as well. But perhaps they would trust my one-by-one -one image on each page because they know that the amount of data I would be getting is fairly limited. Yeah, and there's no cookies, right? No cookies, no, nothing shady, nothing... So no, no scripts and no cookies and no custom CSS, no... There's nothing else. It's just an image being requested like any website in the world. Exactly. And I wanted this uh, to, to be very transparent about this. So I even named the one by one pixel as 1x1.png. And it's sitting on, on a service which, which host name is plain analytics. So people can really figure out, okay, so this is analytics. I can block this if I want, but I can also keep this if I don't feel too bad about it. Yeah, makes sense. So, so, <laughs> but when, when we had this coffee call, I think this was about perhaps a month ago, we initially had it. And once again, I got the kids to bed. I didn't really have anything urgent to do. So I figured, let me, let me fiddle around a bit on would I be able to build this or not. And I got started with Azure storage because I needed a place where to store this one by one image file and Azure storage. It's. It's so cheap, fast, efficient, and best of all, it's simple. I don't need to worry about any custom code at all. Yeah, it's, it's kind of this serverless data storage. You click a button or you run the CLI and you get your storage account. You put your file there, that's it. You know it's going to work, it's hosted. Um, but you have to make this file publicly available. So it's not uh, on a file share, it's a public blob, I would assume. Yeah, it's... Uh public blob and I just created a new container because you always need to have a container where your files are stored in, in Azure storage. I created a new container, set that to public, dropped my file in there, and then I verified I can actually call the file by referencing that exact address of the file. And you can actually get the address through Azure portal. It, it, it generates the URL for you that you can try. All right. So after I've done that, I've crafted my one by one pixel image. I have dropped it into my blob storage in my container, made sure it's publicly available. What are the next steps for me to kind of get the insights I need? So now I've put it on my blog. It's in the HTML or the master page or whatever you have. And it's loaded on every request. How can you now see the statistics based on that image? So I spent a bit of time and when I mean a bit of time, maybe 30 minutes on trying to figure out what kind of statistics can I get out from this amazingly simple analytic solution. And I came to the realization that I actually have to enable the static website option in Azure Storage. Because once you flip that switch in Azure Portal, then uh, it will provision this hidden container dollar web uh, in your Azure Storage. And I moved my one-by-one -one tracking pixel in there. And that's now the place for my static files. And that also gives me this new URL that I will then embed in my blog. And I'm using WordPress. I believe you're, you're using a different platform for your blog. Yeah, I'm, I'm on something called Ghost uh, and they're hosted Ghost Pro offering, which is pretty cool. Same thing applies there. You can 
kind of embed whatever you want that's based on handlebars. So it's, it's a JavaScript and HTML, and I have this uh, main or index page where I would add the pixel, and then that would be loaded whether you're on mobile or if you're using a desktop uh, browser, wouldn't matter. It, it would be available then. So the setup would be fairly straightforward. Exactly. And I logged into my WordPress admin, and long ago I enabled a plugin called Satolo that allows me to inject custom content in the head and footer or just posts in WordPress. So I simply added one IMG tag in there that points to the URL of the one by one tracking pixel. So, so now once, once that's in there and I reloaded any of, any of the pages that I have in my blog, I started seeing the metrics. So in Azure storage, you get metrics. And the trick to actually see this specific content metrics is to filter by API name equals get web content. And this gave me a bunch of data. It's not perhaps amazingly useful at this point, but at least it tells me that the clients accessing my blog are now retrieving that one-by-one -one tracking pixel from my Azure storage, and I'm getting metrics for that. So I, again, spent maybe 20 minutes here trying to dig deeper into the insights. There's this insights preview in Azure storage, and I tried to fiddle with those dashboards and, and the selections it gives you. But the only thing I was capable of getting out was the number of visitors over a period of, period of time to my blog but I couldn't get any of the additional data. Like, where are those visitors coming from and what content are they actually seeing on my blog? And that's where the diagnostics come in, isn't it? So you can enable yeah. and kind of enhance logs for everything that goes on? Yeah, so when you enable uh, diagnostic settings for the whole storage account, it then allows you to define how long are you planning to hold on to those diagnostics. And this is important because you could say, well, let's keep them, them indefinitely. But then obviously you're paying for that storage. But also those logs will now contain additional data like client IP addresses, browser uh, metadata. So you want to destroy those when you, don't, when you no longer need that data. So by default, you can delete all the data after seven days. So you don't need to worry beyond anything of seven days. So, so you get them into the logs and what happens when you have them in the logs? How would I digest them? If I go to Google Analytics, I just go to analytics.google.com and then voila, I have a dashboard. So here I have a, a table or, or you know, a bunch of rows in a log. How do I kind of digest that into something useful? So now the logs are in a separate container called dollar logs in Azure storage account. Now you have dollar web for the tracking pixel and dollar logs for all of the logs. And those log files are in CSV format. So that's definitely my favorite format. There's no shady JSON happening here or anything like this. Anything you can do in Excel is awesome, right? Yes, or Notepad even. even. Uh, so what I did is I uh, uh, installed the standalone Azure Storage Explorer app because it quickly allows you to view those logs and you can also download all of them perhaps per day. And the diagnostics nicely puts the logs in a timestamped folders or containers. So it's easy to go back to May 24th 
to figure out what happened May 24th at 1 p.m. So I needed to do something with the CSVs and I ended up first with Excel, just seeing what the data is in there. And there's a lot of data now. And probably the next steps that I need to do uh, in order to get my plain analytics solution to perhaps beat Google Analytics in the future would be to build a Power BI dashboard. So I would have something in between that picks all the logs, cleans them up perhaps a little bit. So I'm thinking Azure Data Factory perhaps. And then uh, that would push all the filtered and clean data to maybe Azure Table Storage. And from there, I would easily query Power with Power BI all of the data and build my custom dashboards. Right. So you could have a kind of a continuous export of the logs. Uh, so whenever something new comes in, you can kind of put this into a, a better format and your Power BI could always be connected to this new place where the formatted data is to get the, the latest insights about everything. So that's pretty cool. It's a, you know, it's a very simple type of thought process. I've seen a lot of companies do similar things and we've discussed this in the past, but I th still think it's fairly interesting that you can do these kind of small solutions yourself and you can just pretty much click a button and it's up and running and you get a lot of insights with it. Exactly. And Azure storage is so reliable. You don't need to worry about the infrastructure at all. I also had a look at the cost because I'm always interested in what am I paying for this? Because if I'm scaling this up or if I'm building something based on this to a customer, they will at some point ask, you see, what's this going to cost us? So the storage account is about 16 cents per gigabyte. That's the regular one per month. And since I just have the tracking pixel, I think that's about one kilobyte. And then the logs are not that big. Uh, so that typically is 16 cents per month. And then in addition, I need to pay for the write operations. That's about four cents per 10,000 operations. And read operations is about 0.3 cents per 10,000 operations again. And on top of this, I pay for outbound data, so egress data. The first five gigs is free. Anything beyond five gigs up to 10 terabytes is about seven cents per gigabyte. So I've been running this for about a month now. I had a look on Azure portal just before we started recording this. And so far I am up to 17 cents for this solution. <laughs> so I, I wonder what that says most about the, the amount of visitors you currently have or the cheapness of Azure storage, because I know it's super cheap to, to kind of run these things. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's, it tells both sides of the story. So I've, I've seen a quite nice growth in my blog in terms of visitors, but at the same time, uh, I might have the early morning hours that there's nobody on the website. So obviously I'm not incurring costs 24 seven, but I also don't have to worry how much data I would be giving to somebody else. But to be fully transparent, I'm still using Google Analytics, of course, and I might ditch Google Analytics when I have time to build the dashboard myself, because then I wouldn't need the GA uh, approach anymore. Yeah, makes sense. So on, on a, a feature parity kind of level, um, what are you missing, except the reports, are you missing anything else that Google Analytics gives you that you would not get now? I think the only thing that I would never be able to get uh, is the number of real-time visitors just right now. 
So oftentimes, right. uh, if I push out a new blog posting, I often advertise that on Twitter and LinkedIn, perhaps. And I keep the Google dashboard open for about 10 minutes. I might be doing emails and I, I peek at, is it picking any attention? And if I see, oh, there's 15 people reading it now, that's, that's the thing that I'm, I'm after for. Then I realize, well, somebody wanted to read this, so it made sense for me to spend the time on the content. But that I won't get with just the tracking pixel. I would need a bit of JavaScript to also get that real-time up to the second analytics. And before you know it, you've built your, your own custom Google Analytics competitive solution offered as a SaaS service. Exactly, hosted in Azure and, and a bit cheaper than Google Analytics. But then again, that's free for base use. So that might be hard to compete with. Yeah, it could be hard. But I, I kind of like the approach. It's, uh, you know, one of the things that I've realized, and I've also had readers of my blog reach out and say, hey, um, I appreciate the content and, and everything, but I see you're using Google Analytics and I'm using ad blockers, just so you know that there's probably a lot of visitors that may or may not be logged in your analytics because of that then i've seen some alternate solutions for analytics which does not necessarily use a javascript but you know use uh, similar technologies as the the one pixel uh, model um, so it, it would be fun to kind of enable them all and yeah. and see how they compare in terms of data and uh, for me it's important that my readers are happy in the sense that they know I'm not collecting data about them. There is, you know, none of these shady things going on. But it's also important for me to understand what people engage with. What kind of content do they read? What, what are the landing pages? Um, you know, when I write about Azure, I get a huge traction. When I write about something else, I might get less. And that's important for me to also understand, to be able to kind of curate for the readers. And by the looks of it, with this... Uh, solution here, you could also do that because you could see where people are hitting the page from. So kind of the referrals and what page is being loaded when you're requesting the pixel and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and it would take quite a bit of more time to actually build those dashboards. But I think that's the fun bit. It's your data, you, you learn more about the data, and you also use your own solution. So if something is missing, you can build it. And I might be spending a bit more time on this during the summer because in, in the Nordics, we often get four to six weeks of summer holidays. And that means you have a lot of time uh, beyond putting the kids to bed or making, making lunch for them. But you also get more time on, on building the fun stuff. So this is definitely something I have on my to-do list to kind of continue building something fun around this. All right, cool. I think that was a pretty fun thing to talk about, which kind of uh, diverts from our normal, this is a cool service in Azure and this is how we used it in the real world, but more, you know, talking about a different angle. And one thing I want to ask you as a listener is, do you like these kind of stories from the field and kind of what type of content would you want us to talk about next? Because um, that would also help us when we now talk about analytics and understanding what people like. That would also, for the podcast, be interesting for us to understand what you as a listener uh, kind of like and, and what areas you're interested in, and we can bring this up in a future episode. All righty. And moving on to the last bit, word of the day, uh, a little bit of Swedish and Finnish. Uh, shall we start with Swedish? So in Sweden, we have a saying, which is, Det blev jämt skägg, 
And the translation in English is something like, it turned out to be pretty even in the end. Uh, but the direct translation is, it was even beard. Beard as in the facial hair. Uh, so, oh, that's, that's a tough one because we pronounce, and in Finnish Swedish, we pronounce this so differently. So let me, let me try this with my movement in Svenska. Uh, no, no, it's impossible to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so it turned out pretty even in the end, um, or it was an even beard. Makes, makes perfect sense. So Finnish, uh, this is a super traditional saying. Uh, I admit I might even use this sometimes with the kids. Uh, so in Finnish, we might say, repia pelihousut. Oh. And, and uh, that translates, uh, translates to, to rip your pants you play with. Or perhaps somebody's ripping their playing pants or the gaming pants which means they're super angry now. Right, so kind of like the Swedish, uh, yeah. um, or, or forest crazy. Okay, so can you say the word again? Yeah, repia pelihousut. Repia pelihousut. Fluent. Perfect. Yes. All right, so when we, when we meet after, you know, when we meet halfway Sweden, Finland on the electrical uh, kind of wakeboard thing and your jet ski, then depending on the outcome of, of that journey, either it's going to be a repia pelihausut, you know, being totally skukstuki, or it's going to be awesome and we will just sit in the sunset and do some heavy neolonta, listen to heavy metal and, and knitting. Oh yeah, and we could perhaps do like a live stream on YouTube or Twitch that we are recording the next Controlled Azure podcast live from the ocean. Come save <laughs> us. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Alrighty. So I put on the show notes uh, a link to a sort of recap on on building this. There's a, there's a bit of screenshots and additional details on building the the plain analytics solution. Thanks for tuning in and hope to hear you next time. All right. See you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Control-Alt-Azure podcast. Find out more and read the show notes on controlaltazure.com. Stay tuned.